Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 9, Episode 6 is over, but we're just getting started here on the Curb Your Enthusiasm post-show recap, a podcast about something, and now here are the two guys who are part of the Honey Parade. I'm Rob Sesternino, here with Akiva Winokur. Dr. Winokur, how are you? Uh, yeah, it sounds like you're whispering. Is someone sleeping next to you, like that you don't want to wake up? No, my microphone is super <laughs> loud, and it's in my ears, so uh, I am certainly recording very hot so sorry if it sounds like i'm whispering to you but to everybody else it sounds like i'm shouting oh yeah dr winnaker i don't think there are any dr winnakers because there's only 12 of us none of us are doctors mm-hmm. um but do you think that this is a shout out to the like the seinfeld podcast or the Kerr podcast mm, i don't know i don't know that it seems like uh, it's i mean that you would know better than me i mean i can't imagine it is but <laughs> yeah, I, I i feel i mean it's winnaker not wienerker which is like marissa joan winnaker like the old like broadway actress Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the most famous Winoker, but I don't, I, you know, I, I, I'll take the, I'll take the credit for it. I, I'm honored. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. And that, uh, very exciting news on that front, Keeve. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely felt a bond with that doctor. Yeah. So you and Dr. Winoker, uh, played by, uh, who, who, who's the actor that played him? He's famous. Um, yeah, we, sh- I, f- I feel like I should know his name off the top of my head. There's a lot of like famous people because, mm-hmm. Some you know one of the girlfriends is Elizabeth Perkins. Yeah, one of the girlfriends is June Diane Raphael, who uh, is another um, another league person because I, she was only on the league I think maybe once, but she's married to Paul Shear, who's one of you know, one of the five leads of the league. But it's uh, Doctor Winokur's Ed Begley Jr. Yeah, Ed Begley Jr. Yes, that's right. Uh, who? So I guess golf is very like green friendly, or <laughs> I don't. I mean. I'm not, I'm not sure. Like if like if you just don't drive the golf cart, then you're pretty much being environmentally friendly. Yeah. All right, Keith. So we have a lot to get to. Uh, we are both on the road this week as we are getting ready for our live Seinfeld podcast here in uh, New York. And are you excited for that? Yes, I'm excited to meet some of the listeners for the first time or see some of the people we've already met again. Um, you know, excited to see how many people show up. And I'm excited to, you know, like crush the people who said they were showing up and then don't. Yeah, because you made a promise that all mm-hmm. the people that you said that were if they sh- if they said they were coming and then did not show up, you were going to open up with roasting those people. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're like we're not going to, you know, we're not going to spare uh, uh, any sort of uh, you know, if you can't come, you need to send in a note. Why? Like explain to us by tomorrow, like, hey, you know, we need a doctor's note mm-hmm. or like I'm not actually in New York, like my flight got canceled. If you have a reason, we won't roast you. But if yeah. you say you're coming and you don't come, that's it. You're toast. Yeah. And as of right now, there is a bit of a disparity between the number of people who said they were going and the number of people, a number of tickets that are sold. And mm. I believe that there are about 11 less tickets sold than people who said they were coming. So, well, the, well, if we could fix the math, I think we said we're coming, but we didn't charge it. We didn't make ourselves buy tickets. OK, so so, so what? <laughs> nine. There's nine people who also yeah. oh, we're not bots. We're not bots. Right. They, they swore they weren't bots. Everybody swore they weren't bots, but uh, we'll see ultimately uh, who's a bot and who's not when the roast Maybe starts. Maybe everyone's a bot, and tomorrow it's just going to be the two of us. <laughs> and you catfished me? The whole time. This was like one long con to be able to just like get you alone in a room to do a podcast <laughs> with you. It's like, did we put out the wrong number on the on the Eventbrite? Yeah, everyone's going to show up at, uh, at Tom's restaurant and not at uh, 208 West 29th Street yeah. in Chelsea. 
Okay, so if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, there is still hope for you. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld, T-I-X. Uh, that's going to kick off at 7 o'clock Eastern time, and then uh, we will get that podcast. Uh, look, and we're not going to be in a hurry to get that posted uh, if you are sitting on the sidelines. Uh, you might wait a couple days to hear the live Seinfeld Frogger uh, post-show recap finale of the Seinfeld podcast. Yeah, we're going to be very busy. Yeah, There's going to be a lot to do. On. We got a lot going on. Okay. Uh, So Larry David had a lot going on this week as well, Keith, as he was hosting SNL. Did you have a chance to check that out? I did. I didn't watch it live as an episode, but uh, SNL is is courteous enough to to basically uh, put the clips of every single scene on YouTube. So I was able to watch it in bits and pieces. Yeah. So it was very controversial. I feel like that it was uh, not critically acclaimed Larry David's uh, latest appearance on SNL. Did you want to weigh in on the controversy? Yes. So um, I don't have such a scorching take. I think I have what's kind of become the consensus opinion, which is it's okay for Larry to do the material he did, which was like a Harvey Weinstein joke, a Jewish joke, a Holocaust joke, but you need to nail it. You need to knock it out of the park, right? And I don't think anybody thought he knocked it out of the park. I, I, I For the monologue, I've seen, you know, pretty universally, uh, you know, a negative consensus, mm-hmm. um, you know, negative to neutral. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think if you're going to go hard, you got you have to really, you know, you know, slam the ball home. And I don't think he did. What about you? Yeah, Keith. I mean, that's our rule in terms of touching about this stuff. Like there's nothing that is too taboo if you have the perfect joke. But if you're going to tread into those dangerous waters, uh, you best bring your A game. And I'm not sure if Larry David necessarily, you know, it was, you know, the controversial subject matter. Matter. We heard in this episode tonight, you have no filter. I think he likes to play there, but ultimately you got to land it. Yeah. And I think it's like a win for sort of real stand up comedians because Larry's definitely been dabbling in stand up for a long time. I think he does go on stage in L.A. now a lot, but he, he's never done like, a you know, he doesn't have an album. He doesn't have like a, he's never done like a 30 minutes on Comedy Central or Netflix or something. Uh, he, you know, he's a comedian, but like he's more of a comedy writer than a stand up. So like the only people who go on SNL and do like a five to ten minute set are like a level comics like Aziz and Louis C.K. and uh, and Dave Chappelle and Kevin Hart. Really, th- those are basically four of the only people I could think of who've done it the last few years. So like it's a big deal for Larry to basically do a seven minute stand up set. And like he, maybe he was in a little bit over his head. I do like when he was like uh, beating around the bush when he was talking about like that, you know, Harvey Weinstein's Jewish and, and James Toback is Jewish, like that. He like couldn't say the word Jews like some of his delivery was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but and even like he did a lot of physical comedy, which you haven't really seen much of from Larry. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know. Maybe he maybe should have stuck to, uh, you know, something a little simpler. Okay, All right. If you want more on this week's Curb Your Enthusiasm, you could check out what Rich Tackenberg and Mike Bloom had to say on the SNL SNL post show recap. (laughs) Oh, are they wait? Are they covering Curb now? (laughs) <laughs> no, no. Why did I say curve? Yeah, you said uh, if you want more in curve, uh, people but we're know. Covering SNL. They know. We're covering SNL. We're covering SNL. So nitpick every little thing and fact. Nobody check. knew what you were talking about until I said it. <laughs> Nobody knew. <laughs> Nobody knew. 
<laughs> okay. All right. So uh, we have a lot to uh, get to. So let's dig into this uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Uh, just up front, this might be a little bit of a shorter show as we're both on the road and uh, really pressed for time this week. But we did not want to skip a podcast or delay getting it out. So that's uh, we're getting out in front of this, Keith. Yeah. And we only got we only have four more podcasts together after this. So why skip one? Oh, my God. Okay. All right. So let's get into the accidental text on purpose, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the longest episode of the season? Certainly the longest title. Yeah, longest (laughs) title. And I think this was like clocking in at close to 40 minutes. Uh, Yeah, very long episode, right? HBO set aside from 10 to 1040 for it. Um, Listen, they're going long. They must think, I'm telling you, they must have got some extra money from HBO or maybe came back like on the condition that he could basically do whatever he wants. Do whatever he wants. And that was uh, accidental text on purpose, which I I did think this was a very fun episode. Uh, Yeah, I think it's had really mixed reaction. Uh, Alan Sepinwall, probably the most prominent TV critic going nowadays, really detested the episode. Why? Um, but online, I you know when I when I searched the episode the next morning, which I've been doing after everyone to sort of get the feel for how other people thought about it. Some people thought it was the best one of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think it was closer to the top than the bottom. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, we're, there's definitely stuff we're going to rip. I think it definitely was not a perfect episode. There's definitely some. Uh, some things they could have tightened up or fixed in here. Okay. All right. So let's go through the episode. Uh, we start off with Larry watching uh, a movie. And who is this? Sophia Loren that he ends up being obsessed with in this episode? Yeah. Very, he's very into Sophia Loren. Yeah. I feel like that was a weird call. Um, I, But I could buy Larry being into Sophia Loren. And then the idea that Leon, like, oh, yeah, you're right. She is kind of, you know, gorgeous, uh, is really funny. Okay. Keeve, we had a really long sequence of Larry trying to get onto the plane. I mean, this felt like this could have been like its own webisode. Just Larry can't get on a plane and then Larry has to sit. I mean, this was probably 10 minutes of this episode was Larry on the plane. Yeah, you're right. It didn't. I mean, it's certainly uh, the rest of the episode connects to it, but it, it is like a long sort of set piece. That is interesting. Mm hmm. So Larry ultimately cannot get on the plane and misses his original flight and loses his first class ticket. Uh, I did like where Larry is trying to cite the golden rule as uh, being ahead of uh, FAA regulations. Yeah. Um, we also don't know like where Larry's coming from. Like We still have the Fatwa in the air, even though it's not mentioned in this episode. Um, like I guess he's going from New York to L.A.? Yeah. uh, Unclear. Unclear what business Larry had. Yeah, that he's really, you know, like willing to risk it and go out in public like this. Do you feel like that we should have gotten a the reason why Larry was running late? Well, we know why he was running late, right? We we he was watching the Maltese Falcon. That that, that's why he couldn't leave. He couldn't turn it off the movie. Yeah. I mean, that's what he says to the flight attendant, to the gate agent. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, Larry has to get on another plane and he gets the last seat, which is is an aisle seat. Were you feeling that Larry was coming off not looking great as that he could not stomach to sit with the people in coach? I don't think he was. I don't think he he was like grossed out by the common plebes or whatever. I think he just, you know, he's used to sitting in first class Mm -hmm. and he just didn't 
want to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I just think like if you if you always sit first class, it's hard to go back to coach. I'd imagine. Yeah, it, I mean, it did feel like territory that Seinfeld has uh, certainly trodden into uh, with the what was it the airplane? Yeah. Oh no, definitely. I, yeah, I don't think this is like. Uh, did I make up with... an episode title or is that the right one? No, the, uh, the airport. Airport. Yeah, didn't sound right. Uh, listen, we've we, you know you go through all these Seinfeld episodes. Sometimes the titles blend together. <laughs> right, and so Larry cannot uh, stomach to sit in coach, and ultimately we have a woman who uh, pops in BB, who is telling Larry that she has this overactive bladder condition, and she is the person that needs to sit on the aisle. She's going to get up so many times. Uh, yeah. So so BB is uh, is June Diane Raphael. Okay, and I think she's pregnant, right? I like in the in the because I think she recently had a baby, so that's my guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't like I don't think they explain it. They just like you know she just is what she is. She is what she is. Now, Keeve, I feel like that we did not really get a satisfying payoff to the overactive bladder. I mean, Larry he made a prophecy in this episode. He said one day you're going to have to really go to the bathroom, and people aren't going to believe you. And I thought we were going to see that payoff in this episode, especially when we got to the charity dinner and she was drinking all the water and Larry called her out you felt like that there was a moment coming where felt like we needed to see her needing to run to the bathroom and people not believing her it's a little strange right we like we readdress it but with it never really ties together there's a couple things in this episode that like they 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 tie up, but not in any sort of satisfactory way. Yeah, we get no comeuppance. Uh, no, no comeuppance, no closure. It does not happen at any point uh, during the episode. So on the plane, this is also where Larry runs into Ed Bagley Jr. And we find out that he is a doctor and he is a friend of the Funkhauser. Uh, yeah, right. He, he's, uh, you know, he's he's sort of like in their peripheral circle. He goes to the club, but I guess they've never golfed with him before. Mm-hmm. Does Larry seem excited to want to golf with this guy? I think bef- I think he's willing. I think for Larry, if he's willing to, um, you know, golf with uh, with somebody, then that's like uh, a big step. You know, I think that to, to me, that's like excitement for a normal person. Mm-hmm. And as the flight goes on, BB just gets more and more on Larry's nerves. Um. Yeah, BB is. I mean, she doesn't like. You know, I don't know what her motivation is. I guess other than to sit on in, in the aisle, but she's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. No, she's really terrible to Larry. Now, have you ever been next to somebody like this on a plane, Keith? Well, I just had a, a, a long twelve-hour flight, uh, and it was actually peaceful. And I, I fell asleep twenty minutes into the flight, and I woke up basically as we landed. It was it was one of the great sleeps of all time. Wow! Uh, I even said to the person next to me because I like I woke up maybe actually like forty minutes to go. And at that point, I like I'm like, all right, I'm not going to make it to like another hour. I have to like go, you know, go pee. And um, and I did say to the lady next to me, like, oh, I almost made it 12 hours without making you get up once because I was sitting on the window. Um, but her friend came over to me as we were taking off, uh, who was sitting like two rows behind us in the middle and said, will you switch with me? And normally I'm a pretty like agreeable plane switcher because I could sleep in any seat and I don't care. But I had like extra leg room. Like I, I paid for like extra like uh, you know, like mm-hmm. economy plus type thing, and I um like I wasn't going to trade a extra legroom window for like a middle two rows back. That seemed insane. Mm-hmm. But normally I'm I'm I am amenable to switch, especially if like someone wants to sit next to their kid or something. I've I've never said no to anybody before, but this seemed like an obvious no. Yeah, no, that's a terrible trade. That's like the right. uh, trade to uh, send Tom Brady to the 49ers. Yeah, I, had she had like I mean she had to ask right, similar to John Lynch like. I get that you asked, but I feel like 
you have to, you know, you got to throw something else on the deal. <laughs> yeah. Even Larry like, was trying to throw, I don't know what he was throwing at the, the flight attendant in terms of moving up. Right. Larry didn't even say like, hey, I'll, I'm happy to pay, for, you know, which I'm sure he would have. Like, I'm happy to pay for it. So maybe that he would, said he would upgrade cost. her. I don't know what that meant. Yeah. That made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there's a medical emergency on the plane, Keeve. They need a doctor, and uh, Dr. Winokur says, no, 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 thank you. Not doing that. Um, Yeah, no, I've heard this before, that sometimes doctors do not want to get involved. So this is definitely based off a thing. Yeah. Was the reason why the doctor didn't want to get involved that you heard about, was that because they had diarrhea or because they were the patient had diarrhea? No, I don't think it's because the patient had diarrhea. I just think it's like it's more harm than good if, if you're not worried about the patient dying. Mm-hmm. Keeve, do, do you feel like Larry was getting up to snitch on Dr. Winokur? Was he going to snitch? Yeah. I, uh, probably. But but he didn't. Yeah. No, like it, you think he's going to snitch, but no, he didn't snitch. I'm not sure why. Where was he going? I don't know. He asked to go to first class again. <laughs> Did he go to <laughs> just go check out the situation? I guess. You know, he's a, he's a first responder. Larry's a second responder. Like okay. the first responders respond and then he goes to check out what happened. Right. Anyway, so Larry ends up uh, really reaming into BB on the way out about how he had to sit in the middle the entire trip before her because of her and her entire condition is BS. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, like she uh, did she go to the bathroom 20 times during the flight? It's not clear. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, uh, she didn't. Larry said she didn't get up once. Right. So then that's kind of insane. Yeah. OK. Uh, Larry comes home, sees his car. Somebody has written wash me on his car. Keith. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm no stranger to a dirty car like I park. It's under a tree. It's always filthy. Um, so I definitely uh, empathize with like the with the wash me thing. But, you know, spoiler for the end of the episode. Like, there's never been a worse payoff in anything than, like, some guy that we didn't know was the guy, and then Larry just stares at him. Like, what? what why do we care about that? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I was like, did I miss something? Was this guy p- p- earlier in the mix about about something? I, I did not get exactly why this payoff. I, I thought it was funny the whole way through, but then to have the reveal be, yeah, it, the killer was somebody that you we didn't show you the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't make any sense, right? There's no, right, killer that we never saw. Larry just stares him down. There's nothing interesting about it. So they were just going back and forth. Like, they, uh, there's a million tweaks they could have made to have this make more sense. Mm-hmm. There's a million people in the episode. It would have made sense that yeah, they were the person. Yeah, there's too many people in the episode. It's like hard, like, wait, is that, that you know, Funkhauser's girlfriend and that's Richard Lewis's girlfriend? Like, one of them could have been the Watch Me people. Is anybody this season, there's anybody in this episode for the payoff to be Larry's neighbor who doesn't like dirty cars? Uh, you know, that was odd. Yeah, very odd. Okay. But I did like the wash me. No, you wash me. Uh, Yeah. No, I like going back and forth on the car. That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) So um, we end up seeing a conversation about the uh, Larry and Jeff are talking about golfing and uh, whether or not they should let uh, Dr. Winokur play and uh, who cares about his ethics. Uh, Jeff needs to see Susie off to the airport. Uh, yeah, like this is sort of a through line through the episode because it doesn't happen till I guess the end. Right. And but, this is at the dinner party that I guess uh, Funkhauser's new girlfriend is uh, putting on. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of dinner parties this season, right? We just had one last episode at the Greens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's like Larry seems to be like a professional dinner party goer at this point. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, I think you probably have to invent reasons to get Susie into scenes with Larry other than, you, you know, and, and then you want like another couple there also. So that's probably the only way they have to get these people in a room together. Right. You know, um, there's only so many reasons why Larry and Susie would be in a social situation together. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good. I mean, sometimes he just randomly goes over to their house or or, you know, her foster daughter is missing. But, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did love the conversation about Jeff having to see Susie off at the airport. Um, yeah. I mean, is this something you have to do? Like, is it like the airport run? I mean, I, I don't know if it's necessarily that I would need to see my wife off to if she was going somewhere. If, if you had tickets to a football game, would she make you drive her rather than like take an Uber? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that. What? I have to get to the airport by myself and I have to do all, the, you know, take care of every, all of these. Uh, you know, I, I think that it would be my responsibility to get her there. Uh, OK. Yeah. No, I, I buy it. I I think like me not driving ultimately is a pretty big boon for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why you don't drive? I mean, I don't. I'm not a big driver. No. Okay. But um, if you had to, you could. Can you legally drive? Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I have a driver's license, but I don't. I can't drive at night. So like, I can only go out if I'm like planning on because I can't really see anything at night. Mm-hmm. I don't have any depth perception when there's no light. Yeah. Now Larry gets in trouble for sitting on the arm of the couch. Uh, is that a major faux pas, Keeve? I feel like it's something like your mom screams at you about. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, Richard Lewis has a new girlfriend. Uh, he calls her honey, and Larry says that that was a faux pas. That was a premature honey. Premature honey. Maybe that's why my wife is like mad at me because I, you know, we're only like fourteen years in. Maybe I'm not ready for the honey stage yet. You've done a premature honey. Yeah, like thirteen years into the relationship, I did it, and then you know, I guess she wasn't ready for it. All right, so Larry continues to put his foot in his mouth at the dinner. He talks about how that they give him a knife, and he feels like when he gets a knife, he wants to stab something. They should have a stabbing range. Uh, is this a hot take or a not take, Keeve? I mean, I've never. I, I'm sure there are people that feel this way. I certainly don't empathize with it. I, like I have, I've never had like a stabby sort of, uh, you know. Uh, uh, like, I've never been like, ooh, this makes me feel all stabby. What about you? Yeah, you would not want to go to the stabbing range. The stabbing range? No, I think any range, like golf range, shooting range. I'm not into practice, you know. If you're going to stab, stab for real. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Larry is commenting on the water. The water is terrible. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is relatable. Are you a t- are you a tap water drinker? I am not a tap water drinker if I can help it, but I feel like it's one of those things where a glass of tap water isn't going to kill you. Fifty years of tap water is the thing that maybe is going to kill you. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It, it, the tap water to me doesn't like repulse me or anything. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, 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 it's not my preference, but I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll drink it. And I certainly wouldn't like blow up a dinner party complaining about it. Yeah. Uh, this is ultimately going to get Larry kicked out of the dinner party. I do like that he's like incredulous. Like, I'm getting kicked out of a dinner party? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I love the part about how, you know, I thought that, you know, you would want the water filtered. Uh, and he's done. Uh, Funkhouse's girlfriend says to him that uh, you don't have a filter. Yeah, that is a good line. Yeah. He says, it's a good thing for me, but it's a bad thing for water. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, the like the water filter. Why is she so defensive of it? Mm-hmm. I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. 
I don't know. Like, maybe she like works her, for the it's town. It's like her family recipe. Yo, she works for the town. Mm-hmm. She's very possessive of the water. Yeah. Okay. Larry goes to his car, and now instead of "No, you wash me," now uh, it goes back to a insult that hurts. Uh, somebody calls Larry a bald f. Yeah, which you know famously goes back to the Halloween episode of the bald a, a bald a hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he ends up writing an arrow that says "Blow me." Yeah. Which, uh, much to the uh, delight of the passing school bus. Yeah, which is very funny. Okay, so Larry and Richard Lewis are trying to talk things out. Uh, Larry and Richard Lewis uh, have had so many lunches already this season. Richard Lewis is saying he has a text from his girlfriend. They have to talk. And we are going back into more Seinfeld territory in this episode. Nobody has to talk, Keith. Right. No, if you have to talk, it's, it's a disaster. Yeah. If my wife texted me right now, we have to talk, I may as well jump out the window. You might as well. Okay. And so Larry says, okay, tell her to come here and then call everybody honey. She's part of the honey parade. Uh, yeah, I do like the, the idea of a honey parade. And I do think this is like an effective way to get out of it. Yeah. No, I think this was brilliant. And uh, Richard Lewis goes into a whole honey montage. Maybe the episode should have been called The Honey Parade instead of The Accidental Text on Purpose. <laughs> I, I really like The Accidental Text on Purpose. I know we're not there yeah. yet, but I thought yeah. it was fine. Yeah, no, I like both of them. I just, I like that he came up with like two brilliant schemes in one episode. Okay. So Richard Lewis's girlfriend that she is buying The Honey Parade, she works at Neiman Marcus. She tells Larry, come in for some pants. Didn't we already have that uh, Barney's was already yeah, having? Yeah, we had a Barney's sale. So I guess they're very into like, uh, you know, like big time clothing stores this season. Yeah. Retail is not dead on Kirby Enthusiasm. No, no. Macy's is one of the most thriving stores. <laughs> okay. So, uh,. Jeff and Larry are talking about, uh, well, Larry has Rams tickets, and that's a hot ticket, Keith. Um, no, it is not a hot ticket. It's not a hot <laughs> ticket, even when they're blowing the Giants oh, out of the water. I mean, water. they're great, but I, I like my impression was that people weren't, uh, you know, snatching up the tickets. Although now that they're red hot, maybe it's going to become L.A. is an event town, right? They want they want to have a good team. Right. All those Giants fans putting their season tickets on StubHub and stuff like that. Uh, Rams fans are going to be flying in for those games now. Well, well do you think uh, like if someone offered you tickets for a game in three weeks, would you go? A Giants game? Uh, what, no, what the, a Rams game. You live in L.A. Oh, yeah. That's a hot ticket now. You would go if someone offered you a ticket. I mean, that's a young, up-and-coming team that uh, you know hasn't mutinied on their yeah, coach like the Giants. Day. It's a full day to like go to this game. I'm sure. Yeah, parking um, is like a hundred bucks. Like it's a it's a whole hassle. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, I, I'm not a football game kind of guy, but uh, I'm sure that it's a hot. It's a it's it's going to get trendy. Have you never been to a football game? I've been to. I went to a one NFL regular season game, and it was in Buffalo, New York. That might explain why that I'm not dying to get back. You're a Jets fan who grew up in New York and you've never been to a Jets game. That's right. I think we got to rectify that at some point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Down the road. That's the next live podcast. Live from the Jet game? Yeah. I'll I mean, be on the 32 fans podcast. We could probably do it there. You could probably hear one. You yeah. hear like everything we're saying. <laughs> All right. Keeve, uh so Larry says, okay, I've got the answer to this. Send Susie the accidental text on purpose. Yeah, it is such a brilliant scheme. I don't think we're really breaking new ground. I think people, there's not really a name for it, but people have done this probably before in human history. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe it's like old enough that like people wouldn't still buy it, but it's still a fun ploy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Keith, have you ever done the accidental text on purpose? Uh, I'm trying to think. I've definitely done the accidental text. And like frequently my daughters will uh, like message 
someone without my permit, like just like hi or something to someone they don't know, just to annoy me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the accidental text on purpose, I don't think I've ever pulled off. What about you? Yeah, that's really good. I, I have never, I, I didn't know about it until now. Now you're going to start using it. Yeah. Now I'm going to use it. I mean, well, how would you use it? Give me an example of a way you think you're going to use it in the next like few months. I get in trouble with my wife a lot of times that mm-hmm. she'll she'll you know be mad at me. Oh, why did you say this about me to this person? I overheard you saying this, or why why were you talking about me? And what you know why did you blah 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 blah? And so I feel like that there's a lot a lot of opportunity for me to like pull a Funkhauser and be like, right, hey. I got one for you, okay? Yeah, what's that? You know what? Here's the text. You know what? I decided I need to cancel the podcast. I just, you know, I haven't been spending enough time with my wife. I think I'm going to hang out with her tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then right. you, you, and I'm going to surprise her. And then you send it, and then you say, "Oh, I meant to send it to Nicole from Big Brother." Sorry, I didn't realize it was uh, Nicole's sister, Nina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, what I need to the do. The problem is you're stuck hanging out with her that night, so I'm not sure that's a. Really see, plan. I, I'm ready to take the accidental text on purpose to the next level, Keeve, because you know you have so many devices. Uh, what I need to do is leave like an iPad on the table that's on my iCloud account and just like leave it like face up and then get into like a real text conversation with you and mm. maybe maybe I'll clear it with you ahead of, ahead of time. It'd be like, okay, I'm going to send you like, just just roll with it. And okay. then like she'll say like, bing, like she'll like, and, and you can't help but not look, right? When the sure. thing comes up and then she'll say, oh, wait, what is this about me on here? Like, oh, 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 okay. And it's like, then she really believes it because it's like she found that stuff yeah that's not bad but what are we saying about her what do we, no, just, what do we need she's her the, to know? the best and oh, okay. uh you know <laughs> I, I like i joke around a lot but you know so it's just compliments yes yes it's not like somebody saying like uh it's not some like woman propositioning you and you're like no i no. love my wife and i would never do anything like that no, keith uh yeah. please <laughs> Too, uh, too unbelievable. Too unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> so the the part about the part about being proposition that that's the part that's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. But you know that the eavesdropped compliment. Uh, no, nothing better than that. That's pretty good. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, we get a bet uh, with Doctor Winnaker about the golf game, Keeve. Yeah, two hundred bucks. Do you know how handicaps work? They always confuse me. No. He's a 10. I think Larry was a 15. I think that means he's he gets 10 strokes and Larry gets 15. So he's like five strokes better. But don't quote me. Mm-hmm. OK, Keith. So uh, Dr. Winokur is having a hard time out there. And I thought that they were going to say that he was going to be cheating or he was it going like they were. It looked like he was cheating. Right. They were sort of setting it up in a weird way. That he was like cheating while they weren't looking. Yeah. And so ultimately he says he has a medical emergency. He has to go. Um, yeah, I mean, and no one buys the medical emergency. Nobody buys the medical emergency. Do you think that they should have done that it actually was a medical emergency? I mean, I think all the accidental texts on purpose were sort of fake. So it would have been like interesting to have one of them be real. So I don't know. Especially because that it was a medical situation where you could have had the opportunity where then this woman, this patient ended up having some sort of a, uh, a, you know, a trauma. Like I like I almost feel like that if you could have maybe had if the patient actually was BB from the plane and then she actually had a problem with her condition that her bladder. That's not bad. Yeah. Which also was real. Real, and Larry, Larry didn't that believe into her. The BB thing, yeah, yeah, which we thought wasn't tied up. Yeah, I feel like the, the, there was there's something there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's not a bad idea. Okay, so Larry ultimately goes to Neiman Marcus to go check out some pants, and he gets sprayed by the perfume lady. 
This was a funny uh, scene. Yeah, this is this is funny. Uh, I do think, like, again, are we rooting for Larry? If we're rooting for Larry at all, if he's not a total monster and a villain, I don't know if he needs to be throwing women on the floor. Right, but I feel like that this is a gif. No one's gifing like Larry throwing a woman to the floor. No, this is the best four-second episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I just don't. I, I, I you know, let if someone out there sees this as a gif, <laughs> that's actually people are using. Let us know. <laughs> right. It's like, hey, get out of my way. You know, I, I just I don't think uh, in this climate we're going to see much of that much of that gif. But I'm, maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. We'll see. Why? I, I, you think that the gifs are particularly uh, politically correct? Woke. Yeah, the gifs are woke. The gifs have gotten woke. Mm, that's I for don't sure. know about that. <laughs> but I do, I do like his gifts. like stunned reaction that he just like throws her and says what the f yeah <laughs> all right so larry ends up going into the room with uh the girlfriend of with the girlfriend of richard lewis um did this seem absurd to you i mean they're saying it's a concierge service so it's like they're they're gonna come into the dressing room it seems a little weird that she's in the dressing room but not like absolute looney, looney tunes I, it feels like Looney Tunes to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big dressing room guy, so I don't know. I mean, I've never had another person in the dressing room with me. I mean, even if it was a male person working in the store, I mean, I, I got the sense that she was coming on to Larry with what she was trying to do. Uh, I think I think we want him to think that maybe it's a come on, but it does. It just it, there's other, no other indication that she's into him. She seemed like she was really laughing at everything he said at the party. If she's into him, then why wouldn't his excitement? Like, why wouldn't that well, be a compliment? That's, to her? that's why I've said, feel like that this made made no sense. Yeah, we want him to be tricked, sort of, or the viewer to be tricked, because Larry doesn't really ever think that she's into him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it. it I like I I just want to be clear that I do not think that Larry was like like it was it was odd that Larry didn't say are you sure you want to be in here while I while I get changed right I don't know I like I feel like he could have asked for some clarification of as to what was going on I think also Larry like just thought like oh there's no way she's interested in me I'm a seventy year old man and whatever <laughs> and it's my friend's girlfriend right like he wasn't trying anything funny no okay. We find out that Funkhauser comes by and uh, Larry ends up breaking his shoelace, which I think was very funny about how he was unable to concentrate on anything else after the shoelace broke. You know, I, ha- I-, I buy this like you could be literally a billionaire. And if your shoelace breaks, you're not going to have like a spare shoelace in your house. Right. Mm-hmm. So I do like that. I have this with uh, with my yarmulke. I have I, I use bobby pins mm-hmm. to keep them on my head. I don't know what I'm going to do when all my hair falls out, but so I have two eye pins. And if I lose one, that's it. My day is over. Yeah. Like, cause it's a nightmare. Like I don't like if, I, if I'm out, I don't have a spare bobby pin on me. Mm-hmm. And then if you have one, it falls off your head. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's truly like the worst thing that could happen to a person. Why don't you bring extra? I mean, it, if I'm walking out, I'm not going to have like an extra bobby pin in my pocket or anything or my wallet. Mm-hmm. It's not a horrible idea, but I like to live on the edge. It's the same way guys like don't ask for directions. <laughs> like I want to live on the edge with the bobby pin. Yeah. All right. So Funkhouse's girlfriend gave Larry an old ultimatum uh or gave funkhauser an ultimatum it's larry or me yeah it's tough to win the girlfriend friend ultimatum right. face off and i mean we've had this in seinfeld as well in with the voice yeah i don't I, does the friend ever win this face off <laughs> no i mean it did when jerry said he was going to keep doing the voice right i mean sometimes like people choose the job over over like the girlfriend or mm-hmm. the spouse or the wife 
but it, it's tough. Like the individual friend, that's going to be that's going to be a tough uh, sell. Right. In the words of Leon, uh, vagina always wins. Yeah. But I mean, like, what if, you know, if your wife comes up tonight and she's like, you have to quit the podcast or or it's over. Well, I feel why? like you at least why you at least I, she you, just decided I mean, this. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, no you know, too much of your time. I don't know. She always act rationally. No. Like, the, uh, if she says this, you at least consider keeping the podcast, right? Consider it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. You probably won't pick it in the end. You well, don't want to. Like, I, I, pay I would pick support. the podcast and then hope that she comes to her senses. Oh, she's not. Oh, boy. I got a I got a spoiler alert for you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, Keith, it's not the first time that uh, like when uh, when I first moved to Los Angeles, my wife said mm-hmm. to me, well, you have to pick either it's either me or or you're, you're going to move to Los Angeles. And I so said, this well, is a, yeah, th- th- you called her bluff like this is yeah. a mistake on her part. Now, she, now, you know, she's always going to lose the face off. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's right. Right. I'm like uh, the gambler. Yeah. You're playing with house money at this point after winning the first <laughs> I'm, I'm way up <laughs> or way down, depending on how yeah. you look at it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I loved when Leon said that he once lost a brother over a woman. Yeah. He lost a brother. Yeah. <laughs> like, like as if they were at war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said his quote was, uh, I once lost a brother. Uh, vagina got his ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, also, Larry ends up uh, settling with Leon what movie they went to go or what movie to check out Sophia Loren in uh, marriage Italian style. Yeah. And he's uh, he's he's skeptical, but he's going to come around to the Sophia Loren train. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, Larry also tells Leon about the woman that will not get out of the dressing room. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird move. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Larry goes to pick up his pants at Neiman Marcus. She forces him back into the dressing room and has him change once again. And so this, to me, was the, the craziest part of the episode, Keeve, where Larry gets a text from Leon and then proceeds to watch the whole thing with the volume on. I mean, I know Larry is getting up there, but no human being would do this, right? I don't think. A 70-year-old on his cell phone, all bets are off. I disagree. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't even like, ah! I mean, he just was like, you know, going to just start watching it. He's in a dressing... Oh, by the way, I, I mean, you've had a guy tailor your pants before while you're wearing them or something, right? Mm, I guess it's so. very boring and awkward. So, mm. like, if you have a text to read or a clip to watch... I think I think that's like the, an ideal scenario. Yeah. And him playing with the sound on. Well, he's in a private dressing room. It's not that crazy. Yeah, But it's a woman in her underwear. Yeah. But again, Larry doesn't have a lot of like social phobias. And of, of I, like I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, wait, did Larry get some sort of like porn pop up on his phone? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I To me, it's not so out of character. For Just LD. sat there and watched it for a couple minutes. Uh, I, I think a 70-year-old guy on his cell phone, it's not crazy that he does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess uh, there is some precedent out there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Keith, uh, also, uh, Larry, uh, I mean, uh, very easily excitable also. Listen, I mean, good for him in his, in his you know, sort of older years that uh, it happened so fast. Yeah, hashtag schwing. <laughs> <laughs> All the young listeners get that one. <laughs> okay. Wayne's World should be... They should redo Wayne's World. Yeah, well, boy. With, so, different actors that are Mike Myers? Yeah, I, th- I think like Mike Myers is their like, mentor or something. Hmm. And new actors. 
It's a good idea. I don't because think it still I, plays Wayne's World because Wayne's World I, was about two guys like on public access TV who would like, hey, it's like public access, weird stuff goes on. But in a YouTube world, I'm not sure if Wayne's uh, World is anything. What if it's two like young podcasters or two guys who have like zero YouTube subscribers and are trying to get popular? Mm, but I don't think Wayne's World was about they were trying to get popular. It was just like that they shouldn't have been on TV and they were. Right. So. Right. I, the whole it's, world is Wayne's World. Crazy. This is the Wayne's world. world. is Wayne's World. Okay. We're in Wayne's World right now. <laughs> I just think it's like it was so big and now nobody like no millennial knows what Wayne's World is. I think some millennials do. I think they the, know the, it, the people, but I, I can't imagine the generation seen, after doesn't know what it is. No, or they've seen the, you know, like the movies or anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think they, so. And they brought those guys back on like SNL, like 40th anniversary and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe people have a vague yeah. idea. Okay. So Larry ends up getting thrown out of the dressing room. Yeah, not the first place he's been kicked out of this right. episode. I mean, and really, thrown out of the dressing room is probably the least of his problems. I mean, there's a lot of guys... Uh, this, if this happened, uh, they filmed this episode like now instead of six months ago, Larry would oh, be yeah. on like front page of like Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, he'd be getting me too for sure. No yeah. question. <laughs> anyway, so Larry goes up and uh, <laughs> just driving his car, which now has a giant phallus drawn on the side. Yeah. So kids see it. Probably the greatest day of their life that they see this car with all the dirty words on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he shows up. I love that. Susie's like, don't even look at him. Don't even look. Don't give him any attention. <laughs> yeah. Susie is so woke to Larry at this point. Yeah, he's like, that's it. Uh, did Larry not see the phallus? I don't think he noticed it. I just think it's so dirty that he didn't even he didn't even notice it. Maybe it was on the wrong side of the car. Yeah, it might have been on the wrong side of the car. He might have just gotten the driver's side and never saw it. But anyway, so uh, Richard Lewis now has gotten the ultimatum about Larry. Yeah. Again, Larry's going to lose the girlfriend friend face off. Mm hmm. And then also Richard Lewis will say that she's his girlfriend too loud. And then she's also she's out. Yeah. And he tries to call everyone girlfriend, but it doesn't go as well as the honey stuff. Yeah. I thought that was going to go really bad. Richard Lewis's girlfriending. Yeah. It looked like it was, but then it sort of came to an abrupt just like not mattering. Mm -hmm. Uh, Larry ends up seeing Dr. Winokur, who is dating BB now and ends up getting into a double standoff stare. And I believe this is the first sort of standoff stare of the season for Larry. Yes. So the patented curb standoff stare. uh, We have not had one this season. Yeah. Uh, Are you surprised? Did Larry feel like it was getting old? No, I don't. I mean, we we don't usually get one every episode. There's probably usually a couple of season, but... um, to me, it's it, does, it doesn't make me laugh that much. It's just like at this point, it's such a part of the show. Mm-hmm. We need to see it at least once a year. Yeah. OK, so we get everybody at the table for the dinner. And so Funkhauser won't even pass Larry the bread. That's how upset uh, he is. And so uh, <laughs> Larry is pushing for an exemption to the ban. Uh, exemption was denied. Yeah. Exemption denied, she says. And I I think if you if you give an exemption this, you know, soon into the ban, yeah, it, you know, it's just saying that the ban doesn't exist. You right. got to stick to the ban. All right. So Susie announces that Jeff will be taking her to the airport on the Sunday. And she did not buy the accidental text on purpose. And I, I did. I really like this reveal of that. Susie didn't buy it the whole time. She's blowing it up. What do you think? You think I really bought that? Yeah. Susie is so good at not at like not falling for Jeff and Larry's schemes, which is also why, like when we're wondering, well, how? 
how did she know about Jeff and his real estate girlfriend? Well, Susie's just on top of this stuff. Yeah. But I feel like that just going back to that episode where this was like the, like the pinnacle of Susie of like, uh, you stupid a-hole. What do you think? You think I, you think I don't know what you're doing? You think I don't know what you're up to? You two idiots. You know, she doesn't give you that in the house episode. So, right. yeah, we presume. But I feel like that the payoff is like, hey, uh, you, you, you know, effing a-hole. Uh, listen, what do you think? Are you think I don't know what you're doing with this real estate agent? Um, I, I feel like, you know, that's what's great about Susie. Right. No, I agree. So, you know, it's, it does it to me, it doesn't seem like Susie to be like, well, like, uh, let's just keep it between me and you. But I really know the truth. Right. But some of it's a long game for her. Maybe. Maybe. She just wanted that house. She cared more about the house than what Jeff was doing. Yeah. She won there. It's not like she's, uh, you know, she's the loser. We she didn't win because we didn't get to see Susie go right. off. Yeah. But that's not Susie doesn't care about us. OK. She hates us as much as Larry. <laughs> All right. Um. Funkhauser still won't admit that the water doesn't taste good. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's such a stand for the tap water, Funkhauser. Mm-hmm. And then Larry also spots BB drinking the water. Yeah, ton of water. Like we say, doesn't super pay off. He just sees her again doing it. Okay. Uh, and I really like the. I really like that. Uh, you know, Larry is sort of because we forget sometimes that he's this. You know, wizard comedy writer who created Seinfeld on the show. So I like when they go back to it. Like when Doctor Winoker comes over to him. Yeah, and the doctor needs a joke. He has a comedy emergency. Yeah, I do like the idea of a comedy emergency. Yeah. Have you ever had a comedy emergency? Oh, I think every single time <laughs> I try to go for a joke and don't have one, it's, I have okay. uh, many, many comedy emergencies a day. <laughs> Should you this entire podcast was a comedy emergency. Oh, boy. Should you put a Larry David on retainer where you could email them and say, like, all right, this is what we're doing in the podcast. You need uh, like, can you can you throw me a joke in the next 30 seconds? Like, we got a comedy emergency. It's not a bad Uh, idea. Not after that monologue, Keith. No, not for no. No, Larry David is too big time. I mean, can RHAP hire (laughs) its own comedy emergency guy yeah all right well i'll see if mike bloom is available Ooh, mike bloom you're the new comedy emergency like you're just always on <laughs> retainer. we're gonna we're gonna dm you yeah we're gonna dm you and you're gonna you know you, you just need to send back a joke within 30 seconds i feel like he's perfect for that okay all right uh keeve then uh we see larry at the car wash and at the car wash yes and we find out it was his neighbor this whole time Random dude. We know nothing about. We knew nothing about him. Yet there he was. I, like, there's nobody there that could say, listen. They needed a Larry David there to say, like, this is a comedy emergency. We need this to make more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, throw out a list of names. You can come up with 10 people in this episode that would have made more sense. Yeah. And like you said, even go back to previous episodes of the season. It would have been a, a nice reveal. Ooh, that's funny. There would have been got their revenge. 30 the lesbian people this wedding season. people. That yeah. would have been great. Yeah. The cop, Damon Wayans. A- anybody would have made more sense. Totally. Uh, freaking Cheryl or Ted Danson. It would have made sense, but it would have been better than this. <laughs> the Larry David lookalike. Larry David lookalike. Some people think he's still going to play a role this season. That's not bad. <laughs> Hold on. I think you're the only person that thinks he's going to no, play a role. No, we got an email last week that said someone thinks he's going to be like accidentally get killed in the finale. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. And though the ending was imperfect, I mean, I was laughing the whole episode. 
Yeah, it's it's a weird episode because I laughed a bunch out loud, but there's like holes you could drive a truck through in a mm-hmm. lot of the the endings. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like that if they were going to do uh, a Curb Enthusiasm season ten, like what would you advise them? Would you advise them to try to tighten up these plot holes or just do things that don't you know need as much plot? I think I, I do think like try less, like cut a few minutes out of each episode. Because I think um, for a comedy show, like 37 minutes or whatever this episode was, is too long. You know, keep them down to 30 at most. And uh, I, yeah, I, I think you don't need like one through line like the Fatwa. Like maybe a couple episodes that are connected. But I don't think we need, some, you know, one or two underlying things going through the whole season unless you have something incredible. Yeah. Like if you have a Seinfeld reunion, that's worth spending, you know, five episodes out of ten, which they did on. Right. Right. But if you just have a random thing like the Fatwa, because if it doesn't work... Then you're up a creek. You're in trouble. I just wonder if this show should be like more set up like Mr. Bean, where there's no plot on Mr. Bean, but Mr. Bean would go and get on an airplane and then Mr. Bean would go to the car wash and then Mr. Bean would like go have a picnic and then you would just see him in these places and having whatever sort of problems he's going to have or all these situations that he's going to be in and it's fun and you don't need to set up something in the first part on the plane that's going to pay off in his picnic where ants are taking his stuff away right um i mean listen it worked as as you know doing what they're doing now many times before so, like, I don't know if they need to kill all the plots, but I, I like as like a thesis. Yeah. If you, you know, worry more about like the jokes and less about the story and every little thing sort of like needing to tie together, um, you know, which they haven't even done like a perfect job of this season, I think is like a good sort of way to go. OK. All right, Keith. Let's get into our rankings for this episode that you were going to grade it like an English paper. What grade did you give this? Okay, uh, this episode, I'll give a, um, I don't want to give it a 7. I'll give it a 7.0001. Why? Well, it, I think it's just like a tiniest bit above a 7. Okay, I'll give it a 7. Oh, wow, so I'm much higher on you than this <laughs> Yes, episode. yes. Okay. <laughs> we are on the opposite sides of 7.0000005. It's the over-under on this episode. Uh, yeah, no, I think if the truth is probably somewhere between me and between you. <laughs> Somewhere somewhere in there. Okay. Keeve, uh, should we get into our curb mailbag for this week? Yeah, let's get to the curb bag. Okay. All right. Uh, you want to kick it off? Okay. Uh, so let's, you know, we've got a question about Larry's SNL stint from Craig from Vancouver. He says uh, it was he didn't do as good of a job as his first time hosting, but it was still good because it's LD. I know he's getting a lot of con- uh, flack for the concentration camp joke, and I agree with the flack. Right when he started, I thought, oh, Larry, don't do this. It's not going to go over as well as you think it was. Outside of that, none of the sketches really landed for me. The one I thought was the best was where he was the guy who was dating the woman who was teaching him all the new gay slang and locations. But that's only because Larry kept breaking. Uh, it cr- really cracked him up. Yeah. What do you think was actually, the best sketch? He did really well the last time that he hosted. Yes. Um, and that uh, he had a couple of... Uh, I forget. He basically had like the David Pumpkins uh, uh, like junior of sketches that he did in that episode where he was like this guy in a shooting range. And, uh, you know, that like was like a tear below going viral. But that was uh, a really funny sketch. And he did like... Uh, the Bernie Sanders stuff with it, burn your enthusiasm. So he he was not bad his uh, last time out. Uh, no, he did a really good job. I thought that was what, uh, was a great episode. And right, that was the precursor to David Pumpkins. A lot of people think 
that was even better than David Pumpkins. But yeah, this one, certainly the 70 thing that will resonate like five years from now, like that one will. Was it the precursor? I guess I guess it was yeah, from before was, the election, right? Yeah, I think they I think uh, I think, you know, they, they, it was sort of like the same type oh, of character. You know what? I yeah. think it was actually in the primaries like it, it was the previous season. So David Pumpkins was in October and he hosted right, like Larry's spring Bernie, of 2016. So Bernie's still super relevant in the primaries. Right, right, right. OK, Edmo wants to know, would you be offended if somebody drew on your unclean car? No, I feel like people do all the time. It's usually my kids, but people yeah. do. Uh, Keeve, that I, I know you are much bigger on the documentary scene. Uh, have you watched this Netflix documentary about the uh, phallus drawing? Yeah, American Vandal. Yeah, I, I told you I love it. You should watch it. Yeah. Okay. And you haven't seen it still, right? No, I haven't seen it. Well, you had a whole plane ride. <laughs> I was a red eye. <laughs> oh, okay. So you slept. Great. Yeah. Uh, Keeve, I thought you were going to say you were taking care of the kids, but they no, were sleeping no, too. No, they, they, they were sleeping too. Uh, right. it, it'll, the, the ride back is the bad one. Uh, I would be mad if somebody drew on my car. If it was someone you knew, you wouldn't care though. <laughs> if it was they, my, the guy from Three Doors Down, I'd be really pissed. Yeah. The, the, the guy from the band Three Doors Down? Yeah, either one. Like if I one. go crazy, will you still? All right, whatever. Okay. I'm not going to karaoke. I can't sing. Right. <laughs> Vicky wants to know, why was that woman so upset about the water? It's not like she did anything to alter its taste. I think that it's a little bit of a class thing of that you are offending somebody who does not have a filter on their water because they are not part of the bourgeoisie. I do. Yeah, I do think it's like there's a certain person who wouldn't even sort of understand this. Like, what do you mean? Water is water. Like, there's many, many, many people. Oh, what do you think? You're better than me because your water is filtered? Not just that. There's many people in the world who, you know, literally don't have access to clean water that would, you know, die for, uh, uh, you know, uh, Los Angeles tap water. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. But on the other hand, like, you know. Most people would have a water filter probably in L.A. Mm-hmm. OK. Uh, Vicky also says when the airplane seat arrangement was on, I remembered Rob talking on the News AF podcast about the personalities where people sit on the plane. The window seat personally seemed to fit Dr. Winokur perfectly. Tyson talked about his preference of sitting on the aisle because he was claustrophobic. Like Larry said, he wanted the aisle seat because he was claustrophobic. Yeah. On News AF, we talked about how if you prefer the aisle seat like you, Keeve, uh, usually that speaks to somebody who's a control freak. No, I'm a win. Window. I, I I prefer the window. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. The, the the person who's the window is the is the narcissist. Oh, so you're like you're the you're the row captain if you're in the window, not the aisle. Right. You're a narcissist, and you feel like that you're not going to like that somebody who is uh, less of a narcissist is going to sit on the aisle. Who says like, oh, well, I don't want to bother anybody, so let me sit on the aisle. But the person who sits at the, uh, on the window is like. Screw everybody. I don't care who I have to wake up. If I have to pee, I have to pee. You're all getting up. I am the opposite, Rob. I am a hero because I know I will never let me take the window. I will take one for the team and I will never get up and pee the entire flight, even if it's 12 hours. Be careful, Keith. Well, I was I, you know, I I took one for the whole plan. You could get Euromysis Tysis. <laughs> I was worried. That's the only reason I got up like a half hour before the flight was over. I was very worried about Euromysis Tysis poisoning. Plus, sometimes like you land, but like you can't actually get to a bathroom for like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just like, wait there. That would be bad. OK, what does Ronka have to say? Um, so Ronka says that uh, first of all, she says another great episode. I know Akiva said that episode one's the best of the season, but this one was great. She wants to see at least a nine point five, six, seven, eight from Akiva. No, not happening didn't happen and have either have either of us been vandalized have we had our car vandalized like this yeah you mentioned very recently that you had your car broken into right 
Well, somebody stole my sunglasses out of my car. Yeah, that that did happen recently. Uh, when I was in college, though, that I had uh, two of my a-hole friends in the back seat of my car, and like. It, you know, I, I had a, you know, very, you know, at least a, you know, 12, 14 year old car that I was driving when I was in college. And two of my a-hole friends like played like tic-tac-toe. Like if you like could scratch into like the roof of the car, like you mm-hmm. could like leave a mark. And two of my a-hole friends, uh, Greg Pinto and Bob mm. Simone. Oh, had, calling him out. Yes. Yes. That they Shots played a tic-tac-toe on the, on the roof mm. of of my uh of my the interior of my car yeah still scarred rob yeah i mean we've got a permanent we have a, t- a twitter submission from shannon gates's dad okay uh via twitter he says hi robin akiva's questions for both of you before you met your respective partners would you have given up a friendship for someone you were dating yes uh depends you you would you you're, are you saying you would have given up any friendship or, yes uh, okay i mean but just like a random you know, high school girlfriend or, or college girlfriend. Um, oh, Keith, you make it like they're so easy nah, to come I by. Know. Well, you'd have to sort of put yourself in that in that mindset. Um, I know I would I would choose my friends over, you know, even my wife of 14 years. No, I'm just kidding. But maybe just a random, uh, you know, lady friend for back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, OK. Uh, anybody else? Yes. Chester says, where does Dr. Winnaker rank on the list of Winnakers? It's only 13 in the world, so probably top 10. <laughs> uh, then Chester says, were we not meant to assume that Bald A-Hole was written on the car by the girl who fought with Larry in uh, Trick or Treat in 2001? And who is this weird neighbor that shows up at the end of the episode? Why is Larry parking his car on the street near his house anyway? He has a driveway. Yeah, that is weird. If that, by the way, that would have been a great, that is a good line by Chester. I think it would have been a great sort of callback if if the girl, I mean, we wouldn't have known it, so they would have had to spell it out for us, that, but it certainly would have been better than what we had. That is 38 years old at this yeah. point. So we, last week we had Jeff and Susie's kid who first appeared 17 years ago. What is ago. this, The Walking Dead? Yeah, it's The Walking Living. Everyone's still <laughs> alive on this show. You could have him back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Still would have been better than the guy down the street. Yeah, that's my point. It would have been better. We, could we beat that? Possibly. But this would have been better. All right. Keeve, what's the hashtag today? Uh, I don't know. Do you got something? We need the uh, eavesdrop compliment. The, all right, fine. So the eavesdrop compliment. You mean, do you want to workshop that? Or are you, are you well, fine do we have a better the, name for it? The eavesdrop I want to leave my, my iPad on the table. Mm-hmm. So that my my wife sees a notification that I'm intentionally like she I want to see her like talking to somebody that she approves of about how great she is. The eavesdroplement. 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 Is it uh, e- eavesdrop of joy? Like I feel like is there something there? No, there's no. nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. Um Eve's droplament. Yeah, Eve's droplament. Okay, boy, it's a rough it's week a for the hashtags. Yeah, <laughs> no one used that. Okay, Keeve, are you excited for the live show? Yeah, I'm excited for the live show. Looking forward to. Uh, we've never, you know, podcasted in person before, so looking forward to that. Um, excited to see some uh, some of our uh, you know faithful uh, listeners who've been there since day one in June of 2014, mm-hmm. and yeah. to say goodbye to the Seinfeld show to, to we'll give say it a, goodbye uh, Viking say- funeral. Yeah, Viking funeral. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm very excited. Uh, if you are, you know, on the fence, postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld T. 
Ticks. Uh, that's T-I-X. Uh, thanks so much to Scott St. Pierre, who's editing this show, which is, um, is probably more work since we're on the road and doing this uh, in an unconventional way. But, um, of course, you could follow Keeve on Twitter, at Keeve26. Keeve, what's coming up on the 32 fans? I think we're going to be ranking the 32 coaches in the NFL from 32 to 1. Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that uh, Has Todd Bowles cracked the top 30 for you? I, th- You know, I think he might be in the 20s. I think he's in the 20s. Whoa. I just think he's, do- he's doing a good job compared to some of these clowns out there who are about to get fired. Yeah. Like uh, Ben McAdoo. There's some real dreck out there right now in, yeah. in, in the league. There's some real messes of a situation. Am I going to get, get in trouble for all of the Giants jokes? No. Okay. No, McAdoo is a disaster. Cutter on the Bucks is, you know, out the door. It's it's not great if you're, you know, there's about five teams that are just travesties. Right. And listen, Giants fans, uh, I'm a Mets fan. I just sat through this 2017 baseball season. Uh, I don't even know what the Jets are. Cut, cut me some slack. Disgruntled. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bowles, Bowles is going to get the job for another year. Nobody cares. But yeah, he'll get a three year extension and he'll be terrible. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> All right. Great stuff, Keeve. Uh, I will see you tomorrow. All right. See you tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Bye.